It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The last day to vote for this year's Ring of Honor class is coming up this week. We'll review the candidates and talk about who we would vote in and then get to your questions in this week's mailbag. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Lockdown Bengals podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, join the first listener club. Those of you that make us your first listen, we appreciate all of you, and we'll be delivered to your devices when we drop our episodes every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Bengals listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. And this exclusive includes engagements. If you have an engagement coming up, check out BlueNile.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. James, the first topic of conversation for the mailbag today is a segment that we had planned to do today anyway, because this is the final week for Ring of Honor voting for this year's class. Voting ends on June 10th, which is Friday this week. The class will be inducted in week four, again on Thursday Night Football in Paul Brown Stadium, this time hosting another Florida team, the Miami Dolphins, not the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. But Dr. Ralph Alvarado had asked a question about the Ring of Honor, and so we just wanted to shout out his question as we, again, had planned to discuss this anyway, but he wanted to know what our predictions were for the next two ring of honor inductees and James, I see you've put on your hot take chain and we'll get to your hot takes momentarily. Just want to go over the list of candidates for the upcoming ring of honor class. They include Willie Anderson, Jim breach, James Brooks, Chris Collinsworth, Isaac Curtis, Corey Dillon, Boomer Esiason, David Fulcher, Chad Johnson, Tim Crumright, Dave Lapa, Max Montoya, Lamar Parrish, Bob Trumpy, and Reggie Williams. James, is your okay. hot take chain on for, for this for, moment? For this moment, yeah, because um, – and I, I'm going to preface this. It's so, so many times when we have these debates, who's the greatest ever? Well, Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. I don't need to knock LeBron to boost Jordan and so on and so forth. I don't need to knock Peyton Manning because I think Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. And so – uh, there's a lot of people that are going to vote for Willie Anderson. And, and Willie Anderson should no doubt about it be in the Ring of Honor. Um, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to vote for Willie Anderson to be in the Bengals Ring of Honor because of his Hall of Fame aspirations and chances. And hopefully, and of this list, by the way, he has the best shot to get in the Hall of Fame at some point and hopefully uh, in, in this next class. That being said, and this is why the take chain is on, Willie Anderson should not be one of the two inductees into this year's ring of honor. And that's not a knock on Willie Anderson. I'm not 
uh, tearing him down. But when you have a former NFL MVP that led the team to a Super Bowl in Super Bowl 23 in 1988, um, I'm sure you've heard of him. His name is Boomer Esiason. He should be in the ring of honor. And when I think of Willie Anderson's time with the Bengals, well, as great as he was, and there's no doubt about it, he wasn't the most influential Bengal of that era. He wasn't the most popular Bengal of that era. And yeah, best right, right tackle in Bengals history. You could certainly argue that, but the best wide receiver in Bengals history and looking at the record books is Chad Johnson. And when you talk to this generation, the Mike Thomases of the world, um, other players that are like 25 and even 30 and under, when they think of the Bengals and they're drafted, they think of Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson might not be Hall of Fame bound, but as far as his Bengals legacy, it's greater than Willie Anderson's. And so just because Willie's deserving of the Hall of Fame, doesn't mean he's deserving to go ahead in the into the ring of honor ahead of Chad Johnson or Boomer Esiason. And I know people have different strategies. To me, what's your resume and how much did you matter to the Bengals? Chad's the greatest receiver in Bengals history. Boomer Esiason's the second greatest quarterback. Those two guys uh, would be the two that I would vote in out of this year's group and, and into this second year class of the Bengals ring of honor. Sounds like you just like the flashy skill positions more than the trenches, James. No, it's not that. It's I was there. <laughs> like I paid attention to those teams. Chad was way more, way more relevant at the time, just as crucial, just as important as Willie. And, and, and that's the part of it is it's like this idea, like he, he didn't do it as long. Willie did it pre-Chad. I understand that. But if you go pick a city, you used to live in Seattle, walk down the street in Seattle and ask him Ocho Cinco, just say that. But you they know what it is. And why? Because that's Chad's influence. And Joe Burrows, the most famous Bengal right now, Chad was for the past two decades going into Joe Burrow and still probably a, at least probably as famous as Joe Burrow. So um, that that part matters. That influence matters. And, and what he did for the city and the organization made him cool again when they weren't cool. And they weren't cool during a large part. And I get it. It's an offensive lineman. It's hard for him to do. But during a large part of Willie Anderson's, you know, half of his time here in Cincinnati. Boomer Esiason, also a very popular Bengal because he has such a big media presence in New York. Uh, I, I would put him right up there with Chad Johnson and and Joe Burrow and some of the other guys that are currently on the team, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, et cetera. Some of the other popular players. Boomer's right up there, man, because of his radio stuff, because of his TV stuff. And, and, of course, his legacy. I think you make a pretty compelling point. The MVP in 1988, Boomer Esiason, played for the team for seven, seven years, eight years. I'm having a hard time with math. 84 to 92 and 97, he played for the Bengals. Obviously, took them to a Super Bowl. Ten years. How is that ten years? Oh, yeah, my math is just very bad. Apologies. You're good. I just, I just read numbers poorly. The thing, the thing for Willie Anderson that I think makes it challenging is that if you're just putting in your best players, then I think there's a, a really strong case for Willie to be part of the next group. And the other complaint I have in general is most of these guys are eventually going into the Bengals ring of honor. 
So why are we making them line up and wait instead of just doing a bigger class? Why aren't we just putting Willie, Chad, Boomer, and say you want to put in Tim Crumry or Bob Trumpy or any of these more historical players, Isaac Curtis, James Brooks, Jim Breach, any of these guys that are, are further in the Bengals' history, it, it creates this debate, we could call it, between some of the longer fa- some of the older fans, some of the younger fans, some of the longer standing fans, some of the newer fans that don't know some of these players. And it doesn't feel very good to me. Even if I understand understand and agree with your points, Chad was the most influential Bengal of all time before Joe Burrow, and maybe still is the most influential Bengal of all time. And, and maybe somebody is going to talk about somebody from before Chad's time, before my time, who's more influential, but had a huge impact on the way that the team was perceived and the way that the team received national attention. Boomer for taking them to a Super Bowl, for winning an MVP, there aren't very many of those in Bengals history. And that's a really good point and a really good reason that those two guys should be the next guys in. And it's not a knock on Willie. I hear you saying that, but we're still forced to prioritize one over the other. Sure. And it doesn't feel good to me to say that those guys are more deserving than Willie because they're not really in my mind they're as deserving they're equally deserving and so for me it's just let's get all the guys in that should be in <laughs> and well, and maybe that's too like participation trophy of me and and too millennial of me but that's just the way i feel about it well i didn't think it was a knock last year when ken anderson got in over you know or ken riley got in over chad you know what i'm saying so like that's that's the part of it i don't think it's a knock well, on willie and it's all just because it's limited the class size is limited, right? Sure. And, and if it wasn't, and you just said, if you get over 60% of votes and you do like a ranked choice, I don't know, maybe they would all just go in. And, and I understand that the Bengals want to extend this and make this an event for the next few years as they expand their ring of honor. Mm-hmm. But I mean, all these guys that are on here, guys that would be in the ring of honor if it had existed, maybe not all of them. I would say at least 90% of them are guys that would be in the ring of honor if it had existed you know, for the last 20 years. So, so who would it be for you then? I, I have a hard time arguing with Chad and Boomer. I think maybe Chad could wait a year, but again, I have a hard time arguing with it because he was so influential, but Boomer I think is, is definitely one. And then I would probably go Willie for the other one because I think that he's just that good of a player. But when you start to weigh some of these other factors, I think there's a, a, Fantastic argument, as you pointed out, for Chad Johnson. And and I think guys like Isaac Curtis and Tim Crumry and and like Dave Lapham even for his continued uh, contributions in the media would all be guys that are strong arguments as well. So it, it's hard because all these guys, I think, are sort of deserving. For sure. They are. And it makes it tough and it makes it challenging. And the Bengals probably like that because it's keeping us – debating it, talking about it, and they finally got a ring of honor, and it, it's it's great. And honestly, it's fun to have these debates. Up next, we'll get to your questions here in this week's mailbag. But first, I have to tell you about BlueNile.com. Whether you're, rela- you're 
ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, BlueNile.com has the jewelry that she is going to love. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as the setting style. And maybe you're not familiar, like me, with fine jewelry. Well, they have help for you 24-7. Jewelry experts on hand that can talk to you by phone, or if you're like me and you'd rather just chat online with someone, you can do that as well. So check them out right now at BlueNile.com, and you're going to get 50 bucks off your purchase of $500 or more with promo code locked on right now at BlueNile.com. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. So if you're looking for an engagement ring, just go to BlueNile.com, use promo code locked on to get that $50 discount. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet package, so it's not going to give it away. BlueNile.com, promo code locked on. Before we get into the rest of our mailbag questions, James, just another reminder, we have a survey about all of your favorite Locked On podcasts right now up at LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Go check it out to get entered for a chance to win a $100 Ticketmaster gift card. You can take, again, our audience survey for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards at LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey gives you an opportunity to let us know about your listening habits and what we can do to make our podcast better here at Locked On. James, our next question is a question that I feel like we get asked at least once a year, and I feel like we answer at least once a year. I think it's a fun one. This comes from Joe Kane at JoeCool8420 on Twitter. If you could pick one player from each AFC North team to add to the Bengals roster, who are you taking? And maybe we should get somebody, some some eager listener out there should go find who we've picked the last time this question came up and, and let us know if our answers are any different this year. Yeah. Oh, man. That, this is – it's a fun one, but honestly, it it's – to me, I'm just going to go BPA. And the Ravens might be the tough one, but as far as the Steelers go and as far as the, the Browns go, the best players on their team, well, it's Miles Garrett and it's TJ Watt. Can you imagine this defense and you add Miles Garrett and TJ Watt? And I could go TJ Watt and Denzel Ward, and that would make a lot of sense. But to me, you add those two dudes, that would be be terror for opposing quarterbacks. So uh, that's two. And the third one, I think last year, oddly enough, I I picked Mark Andrews, and he he ended up having a huge year. It was kind of borderline at the time. I think you said Ronnie Stanley, and that would have made a lot of sense. I can't, I can't believe this is coming back to me. To me now, it probably is. It's either Mark Andrews or it's Marlon Humphrey, and that's the one. I know everyone saw Jamar Chase beat up Marlon Humphrey, but you add him to this secondary, that would be a lot of fun. That being said, we know where my, my loyalty lies. There's no way in hell I'm taking three defensive players. So give me Mark Andrews off the Ravens, and let's roll. Yeah, I like Mark Andrews a lot. He's one of the best tight ends in the NFL, period. That's the entire sentence. He, he was one of the better receiving <laughs> threats in regardless of position in the NFL last year, and it's hard to argue with Mark Andrews. You can look at some of the, the Ravens rookies as well that start to get tempting. Kyle Hamilton, knowing what's going on at the safety position for the Bengals. Kyle Hamilton and Dax Hill is your safeties of the future. That could be a fun little pairing. You yeah. can get creative with that. You could talk about Tyler Linderbaum going back to draft crushes. But if you're going to take a lineman, I feel like it would still be Ronnie Stanley and you would hope that he gets 
back to health and playing at a high level if you took him. Even could argue for like Kevin Zeitler or something if you wanted to try to go after knee, but hard to go anywhere but the BPA, which would be Mark Andrews or, or you know, Marlon Humphrey, I think would be a fantastic addition to any secondary the Bengals included. On the Steelers, hard to argue with TJ Watt. The only ones I, the only like single player that I think would be a good argument on this roster. Maybe there's two. Cam Hayward, certainly one. The Bengals could use that defensive interior help. And Mika Fitzpatrick would be the other one, again, to try to deal with the safety uncertainty and the safety future in Cincinnati. And then on the Browns, it would be really easy to pick one of those two guys that you picked in Denzel Ward or Miles Garrett. But you could also look to one of those guards if you were looking for something that would plug a hole, plug a need, do something for the offense. Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, both pretty good guards, really good guards at some things mm-hmm. uh, would probably solidify your offensive line in a big way, would add some depth by pushing other guys down the roster. So uh, I think that all those guys probably are worth mentioning as well. And you could even throw in an honorable mention for like a David and Joku. If, if you don't take Mark Andrews from the Ravens, but hard to argue with Mark Andrews, TJ Watt, miles Garrett, for the sake of being different, you could different. You could say Mark Andrews, uh, Cam Hayward and Denzel Ward just to mix it up with some different positions and bolster some spots where the Bengals could use a little bit of additional help on the defense and not just edge rushers, but really hard to argue with just taking the best player from each team. Yeah, give me those edges. Trey Hendrickson, man, he's uh, he's DE3. Sorry, Trey. Here. <laughs> Trey that Hendrickson be- coming off the bench as, I don't know, Miles Garrett kicks inside to three tech because that, Bengals that's what you have would do. three all. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you do with that? Oh, it's just nightmare. Just a nightmare. It would be that. That's a lot of fun. Cause you're giving Burrow another piece plus you're getting after every opposing quarterback. So, right. uh, you know, we, we can dream. Um, we do have time for one more here yeah. and then we'll get to, to some other ones on the other side. Kentucky. Uh, I, Kentucky Nempethus, is, is that right? Nempethus? I have no idea. Anyways, Kentucky. <laughs> this is from Kentucky. Big Blue Nation. The Which is more state. likely? Yep. The big three receivers go for 1,000 yards and at least six touchdowns each, or Jackson Carmen is an average starting left guard by year's end. I think that this is hard only because, Ooh. only because last year we saw the Bengals receivers be mostly healthy and they didn't get to 1000 yards each T Higgins missed some time, but he got to a thousand yards. So the issue is that Tyler Boyd didn't get there. Mm-hmm. So does Tyler Boyd do it this year? That's, that's a challenging thing. Also, you know, what's the touchdown distribution look like? That's such a volatile, a volatile piece. Yep. But where do CJ Uzama's targets go? 63 targets. Do they all go to Hayden Hurst or do some of those go to Tyler Boyd, who had just 94 targets last year? And, and Boyd wasn't terribly close to 1,000 yards at 828. That leaves a, a pretty significant gap, I would say, to, to get to 1,000 yards. He did cross the 1,000-yard barrier twice in 2018, 2019. The last two years has been in the 800s. And also Tyler Boyd's only scored seven touchdowns or more than six touchdowns, I should say once, which is in 2018 outside of that in his career, five, four, five, two, and one. 
So the the question really is, do you think that Tyler Boyd can get to 1,006 more than you believe Jackson Carmen can be an average left guard? And I don't know how much I believe in either of those things, James. Got to pick one. Got to pick one. Do I? Can I just say neither is happening? Wow. Okay. Well, then here we go. I'm glad I got the take chain on uh, because the th- the 3,000 yard receivers and the six touchdowns apiece, the touchdowns are what concern me because there's only so many touchdowns to go around. The yards, it's happening. You can book it right now. Uh, one, the Bengals aren't going to completely sit everybody week 18 because they're going to be relevant enough and be in the thick of playoff seeding to where that doesn't happen. So T. Higgins will have another week. Jamar won't play for, uh, you know, eight snaps. And, and the same thing goes for Boyd. Uh, to me, Jamar Chase's touchdowns probably drop a little bit, which is going to open things up for Boyd. Um, so, no, I of the two, am I going to go against this trio that I know is is great? Or go for a guy who I have no idea what the hell you're going to get. I mean, he's one of the bigger question marks um, in the league, really, but certainly on this team, uh, but bigger question marks in the league when it comes to contenders. So I'll take the big three and uh, and we'll see. And I, I get it. It's They have to stay healthy. There's a lot of ifs there. And you're only asking Carmen to be average. You know what? Hopefully, not only one happens, hopefully they both happen. We'll continue with your questions and we have some OTA stuff from Hayden Hurst uh, to uh, multiple different players. And I forget who you asked about, but oh, Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, so we'll get to those guys coming up next, but first a word from built bar and built bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. I talk about them all the time here on locked on Bengals. You probably get sick of it. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, but you know what? Is not going to make you sick? Healthy protein bars that are perfect for post-workout that are perfect for in-between meetings. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they are perfect for you. So check them out right now at built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. So if you're Joe Burrow and you're listening to this, if you're Cam Taylor Britt and you're listening to this, or Hayden Hurst, who I got to be honest, dude, that guy looks like Hercules a little bit. I'm not going to lie. You can get on the Built Bar plan. It's going to help you. So go there now. Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. I did have to pick one of those things, by the way, to be more likely. It's probably the three receivers. It's just going back to our conversation with Eric from PFF when we were talking about the offensive line and why it's a safer bet this year than last year. It's like you're betting on three things going right instead of one thing going right. And so it's just Mm -hmm. like probabilistically, it gets really murky, especially with Tyler Boyd's track record and, you know, the, the way that his usage kind of dwindled or wasn't very consistent throughout the year. Last year, like most of his production came in in just a handful. I don't know. We'll see. Will, will there be more Tyler Boyd games? Is a question. Yeah, because he he just had a couple games last year, like thirteen yards, eleven yards, seven yards, twenty four yards, and if, and if those games were instead fifty yards, and he does get, he's he's right there, right around a thousand. So, is that consistency, you know, more present for Tyler Boyd next year? Anyway, moving on. Bengo Ohio at Bengo Ohio on Twitter. This is a question for you, James, because you're there. You have eyes on. How's Cam Taylor Britt been at OTAs? A little bit more competition this week. Got some matchups against Jamar Chase, right? Yeah, he did. He played uh, against Jamar Chase quite quite a bit in seven on seven. And uh, I got to see some of his personality in the locker room. And, you know, it is a big personality. Dude's in great shape. 
And uh, you could see the athleticism when they go through. And, and it's hard because really outside of that seven-on-seven, seven, we haven't seen them. It's not like they're doing one-on-ones, cornerbacks versus receivers or anything like that during these off-season workouts. Maybe they will next week, uh, which would be awesome, but haven't up to this point. That being said, he was moving well, and, and that's one of the things you look for. How does he backpedal? How does he turn? How does he plant, pivot, go, stop, start? All of those things. Um, the first time I saw Dax Hill, I was like, oh, yeah, he's got it. And, and I feel that same way about Cam Taylor Britt. Um, but yeah, matched up against Jamar Chase. Uh, obviously, it's one of those things. I think Jamar had one catch on him on one target, but it's uh, it's good to see him get that kind of competition because even if he gets beat like a drum against this big three uh, of wide receivers, these guys are better than most of the guys he's going to be facing uh, on most Sundays. So I think Cam Taylor Britt, he's got the right attitude, right approach. We obviously know he's athletic, so we'll see. We don't know a ton yet. But uh, so far, so good. The real standout to me about Cam Taylor Britt is that personality. Seems like just he'd be really fun to be around. Like really positive, high energy guy. And it, it just seems like he's going to be a very good teammate. And, and the thing that I'm going to be interested in watching as far as on the field when it comes to um, when it comes to, to training camp and we get more video, more eyes on, maybe I'm even there in person to watch a little bit is is how do those balance issues that showed up a little bit in Nebraska show up against certain routes in the NFL, especially when they get to do some 11 on 11 kind of stuff or or just more of the seven on seven stuff. You talk about the change of direction skill that the plant and get downhill at times, you know, we, we highlighted this with Mike, I think the balance showed up and, and how does the patience translate as well? One of the things that Mike pointed out is uh, at Bengals underscore Sands, for those of you that don't know, our, our, resident film buddy um you know does the patience translate to the nfl as well or does he start to get a little bit antsy as the game's fed up on him or is it still moving at a speed where he feels like he can be patient so those are things on the field that i'll be watching for as well maybe some things that you can watch next week uh for for the final open practice of the offseason program do i have that right james you do yeah final ota practice and it's uh It'll be basically a six-week layoff, and then it'll be training camp, and we're going to start this ride all over again. So it's going to be here before we know it. It really does go faster faster than you'd think. Like This entire offseason, because of the Super Bowl run, continues to feel very accelerated to me. Our next question is also for you, James. Aaron Parker at Membengal. First, he gives me a hard time. He says, I know Jake likes to joke about Drew Sample highlights, which, to be clear is a James Rapine joke that I'm leaning into. Yeah, you're leaning in. But Aaron's eyes were drawn more to Hayden Hurst highlight from OTAs this week. For James, has Hayden Hurst been more noticeable in OTAs in terms of speed and early comfortability in the offense? And do you think that he might be an upgrade on field, at least as a receiver? Because we don't really know much about their blocking ability. And I mean, we do, but not in this particular OTA period because they're not blocking much. But is it a pass catching upgrade? I think so. He moves really, really well. And uh, just to be clear, Jake Lisko is Drew Sample's number one fan. But Hayden Hurst moves really, really well. And he's big, dude. Like I said, he's built like freaking Hercules. He's got the beard, which I don't think Hercules had the beard, but he had really long hair and big biceps. And so does Hayden Hurst. And he moves, moves at a, a really high level, beat Mike Hilton 
on Tuesday. And the thing that I like about him, it's twofold. One, much like he said in March, he's been consistent with this. He really believes in this coaching staff. He's like, man, they're going to use me. And when you feel like you're appreciated and you're going to be maximized, you're willing to do whatever the hell it takes, including block. Who knows? Maybe he will be a better blocker uh, this year than he's been in the past. The other part of this, though, is when that is the case and you feel like you're going to get maximized, you're willing to do anything and everything. And I remember talking to him last week. He was like, Joe Burrow, whatever he wants me to do, wherever he needs me to be, I'm going to be there. And I'm just trying to learn this offense. And they talked, I would say, for about a minute or two before a seven-on-seven drill on Tuesday. And and you could see that Joe was discussing different things with him. And so, no, I I think Hayden Hurst is – he's in line for a big year. Wouldn't shock me one bit. I mean, he's 28, 29. I think he's about to be 29. Like, this is career year time for him. And if it, you know, if it goes that way, it would be one of the the least shocking things I would say. I think he could have a, a really big impact on this team. And I know it was kind of an under the radar guy. It wasn't their first choice. They were hoping to keep CJ, get Tyler Conklin. Both guys end up going to the Jets. I don't know why the hell both of them went to the Jets. If I was Conklin, I'd much rather play with Joe Burrow. But uh, Hayden Hurst is going to reap the the benefits of that in a contract year. I. I Really, I, I think he's going to – like if you told me he had 700 yards receiving, which would be a career high, it would not floor me one bit because I think he is capable. And the other part of this, we were talking about touchdowns with receivers. He might not put up the yards just because of the receivers that are on this team, but maybe he just has a bunch of touchdowns in the red zone. He, he's capable of that as well. That would be a, a good research project actually is to figure out what his red zone productivity has been throughout his career. If, if he just has a year like he had in 2020 – he had yeah. 56 catches for 570 yards and six touchdowns. You take that, yep. right? That's solid tight end production. That does confound our previous question about the 1,000-yard receivers and the touchdowns because if he starts to take some of those, then I think that gets harder. But the, the other side of that coin is Jackson Carmen going to be an average left guard. I mean, who's to say? Well, if Joe Burrow throws for seven thousand yards, then seven thousand yards, th- then they might all. You know, I got the chain on still, so I can say seven thousand. Seven you know thousand I mean? yards. He, he threw for forty six hundred last year, and you know, barely broke a sweat in the first half of the year. Imagine now with a line, it's seven thousand is a bit ridiculous. But four hundred eleven yards per game to get the seven thousand. Hey, hey, double nickel, fifty five hundred. Don't. Hey, don't be shocked, man. Don't be shocked, Jake. 55, double nickel. I mean, it's certainly more reasonable than 7,000. That's still 323 like, yards a game, which would be a lot for him because he does have games. And this game, this this coaching staff seems to game plan some games where he doesn't have the opportunity. And we'll have to see if the offensive line causes them to open it up. And I think that's a question that we, we don't know the answer to yet. Double nickel like MJ in the garden. Look at me just dropping an MJ reference, an NBA reference at the end of the show. Doing great. Doing great. That'll wrap up our mailbag. Thanks again for making Locked On Bengals your first listen today. If you need more content, since we are on a three-day-a-week schedule right now, go check out Locked On NFL, which is still on a five-day-a-week schedule. You can find James Rapine there on one of those yeah. days. Every Wednesdays. Week, our national hosts, including James Rapine. We'll talk about the biggest stories and latest news around the league. So you can check that out if you need a little bit more football content in your life. 
And we'll be back next week with more content here on Lockdown Bengals, the final OTA practice of the offseason coming up. And one or two questions that we've seen that we've been saving because they're more than just a mailbag segment. Some of them are full episodes or full segments. And we'll get to some of those fun topics coming up in the next few weeks as well. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening. day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.